Dort baseball coach Nathan Bacon joins us as the Defender baseball team concluded a 20-26 and 26 season. Uh, is it only a week or so ago? Two weeks? Going to be two weeks ago. Two weeks, yeah. Where'd that go? I don't know. What uh, <laughs> You wrap up with those couple of doubleheaders against Northwestern, and we'll get to the season in a little bit. I'm curious, what, do you, what have you done the last two weeks? I mean, what, what does that look like when the season is concluded? Yeah, so for us, um, you know, we, we take time with each guy mm-hmm. and uh, just do individual meetings and, and prepare them for, for what's next, whether they're staying, you know, in the program or they're graduating um, and try to, you know, that's a four or five day um, task because we try to give them ample time. And then on top of that, I meet with the seniors um, individually by myself. And I typically give about an hour um, for those meetings. I just love hearing um, things that, you know, they view have been really positive, either personally or in the program, and just having some one-on-one time with them as they, uh, you know, start moving into that next step of life. I, uh, you know, I really enjoy that time and the feedback those guys give me um, in that time. And so we spent a lot of time doing that. Um, and then uh, getting on the road a little bit and watching some guys play. I mean, not here in Iowa, but, you know, in, in Nebraska, yeah. they're playing. And and then, uh, obviously, a little bit of the junior college baseball is still going on. So um, we do a little bit of that. And uh, for me personally, this year is a little bit different because I'm uh, – my wife could go into labor any moment. So, well then, well, let's hope that doesn't happen in the next ten minutes or so. Um, what I know for me, I have a, I've got a document on my computer, and mm-hmm. it is, I come up with an idea at some point, and I'll put it down. But I don't always have time to flesh out those ideas mm-hmm. from basically August fifteen till now. What do you as a baseball, I mean, baseball season, I would imagine, is very similar in that February 8 rolls around, you start having double headers on Friday and Saturday, and you got practices, and you got lineups, and you've got junior varsity teams, and all of that happens. And here it is, May 11. Mm-hmm. Do you take time to reflect on the season as a whole? both by yourself and with the coaching staff. I mean, what does that look like? I'm I'm curious what as a coach how you how you try to grow within your program as well. Yeah, so obviously, you know, there there is that time of reflection um for me individually, you know, um there's I don't try to digest it all at once. Um, for me, it's, it, it, I have my notes and, and mm-hmm. the same things that, um, you know, you just talked about. I think it's really interesting. I've got, you know, two really good assistant coaches and they take their notes in their own ways too. And, um, I go through them. I actually have last year's notes still mm-hmm. and, and yeah. I, I keep them, um, to see what we did well, what we didn't do well, what things we need to refine. And that's a, that's a constant process. And that is baseball stuff. On the field, mm-hmm. but I'd imagine there are things not related directly to baseball play that are on that list. Right, like wh- how we how we go about team building, how we go about you know investing in their spiritual lives, how we go about just interacting on a personal level with each guy. It, you know, it, it's all of it. How we recruit. You know, what, what does the weight room look like? 
it's you know it's every facet uh, of what we do and then um then some person uh, for me um there's always some personal life stuff in there as well like i i think um it's really important you know in what we do to be able to you know evaluate yourself properly and and make sure your cup's full and and make sure that you're able to digest it fully um you know and then once we once i get through that evaluation period of all those things um uh, it's in the past you know uh email performance coach named jim fannin you know he I, i've worked with him over the past year he's incredible and and he he every conversation we have it's like hey you're only going in the past to learn or to have a good laugh and you only go to the future to plan and just trying to to stay constant and being present because if I allow myself to spend too much time in in the past I'm not going to get stuff done now so you kind of got to put a yearbook on it and then just and take what you want to move forward and start making the plans for that so we are going to look to the past a little bit here. We're going to look at the season as yep. a whole, and we'll probably break it down in a few different sections. And we'll begin with the start of the year back in February. And you got off to a nice start in terms of wins and losses. Mm-hmm. What did you What did you like about what your team was doing at that point of the year? Yeah, at the beginning of the year, you know, we're playing. We had a lot of young guys on the field this year. A lot of guys who hadn't had just you know copious amounts of college baseball experience, and so. I think the thing that stood out to me is just the way our guys intentionally cared and loved for each other mm. and the camaraderie that they had within their group. And whether things were going good or bad, I think a big theme for our group was this year is just being constant, just being constant in the way you go about things and just being consistent in that and just not not riding a roller coaster emotionally to put yourself in a position to be successful and, and I know we're, you ask about the beginning but I think that's why at the end we were still you know we had some rough patches we were able to still play really well at the right. end of the year but at the beginning of the year you know it's it was really good to have some young guys have success early and I think that really carried them through the year and, and you know it gets harder I tell every week I said hey it only gets harder from here so and why why is that why does it only get harder? Yeah, um, you know, it's as you play more in our sport, the book's out on you more. Okay. You know, if you can't hit a breaking ball, guys figure it out. Left hand, you know, left-handed guys really struggle with changeup typically earlier in their early in their career because they don't see it a lot in high school, and so they figure that out. You're just going to keep seeing changeup after changeup until you prove you can hit it, and that can be really, really taxing on you um, if you allow it to be mentally. Sure. Um, if you're, you know, you go to, man, I see a lot of changeups. I'm struggling with it. To, man, I can't hit a changeup. And that's a huge flip. That's not a good flip in your mind. And so um, just being consistent in, in how you go about it so you free yourself up to make the adjustments necessary. In a, in a game of a ton of variables, um, being constant prevails. And I think that was, uh, you know, something that, was really cool to see us finish well. Um, been here a couple of years now, and we haven't finished well. And so sure. seeing that was really, really good, and I think it was really good for our young guys too. Yeah, and we'll get to that in just you can, spring break. Mm-hmm. You, you had a good spring break trip. Yep, it was awesome. And can, can you put your – and I work with Ian regularly, and yep. we, we talked at length uh, about – what what are you seeing? That that's what I would basically say when you, when you came back and things got more challenging. And he had his thoughts and his philosophy on it. I'm curious what what did you see that 
end of March, things got tough for this group in yep. terms of wins and losses. Correct. What what was it? I mean, can you looking back, can you see something now that maybe you didn't see in the middle of it? Yeah, so you know, I go back to the youth we had, which is uh, we really like our young guys, and and you know, you got guys like Juan and Kim and Diego yeah. who are seniors, but you know, playing a lot of young guys, they were pushing really hard to mm. be successful, to cement um, their place in the program, and it's very apparent from from my vantage point. And, and you know, trying too hard. Yep, they're just trying to do too much. Mm. Um, you you know, I. I think back, I mean, there's multiple times we get guys second and third to start a game with nobody out. Like, Mm -hmm. and we don't punch a guy across. You know, even one there is big. You know, two, you get some momentum, but even just making sure you get one and we just, you just try it. You know, you want it, you can want something so bad that it produces failure in our sport. Mm. And, and and that that happened a decent amount. And then it it just snowballs, right? And it, it can get, to where like no the bat at bats now carry to the field a little bit yep. and fielding percentage <laughs> goes down you give away a run you give up you you allow a few extra outs in a game and that can be the difference in a five four contest yep baseball college baseball games come down to eight eight to ten pitches throughout the course of a game and um it takes you some time to understand that and fully see it and, and not think that you know make all these moments bigger than they are mm-hmm. and so um you know as we got back I, I think you know we just got we got into this this rut where we just had guys just really trying to do so much because they wanted to be the guy instead of just allowing those moments to just happen sure um you know that, there's a couple guys that really stand out in my mind that they that was very very apparent on and and those are great learning experiences. And those are the things that when guys are seniors or juniors, they know like how to handle those things. Yeah. You get to the end of the year and Mount Marty, has the national field been announced yet or not? Uh, sometime today. Okay. I think it's this afternoon. You yeah. think Mount Marty will get in? Uh, they're going to be on, on the edge. You know, For yeah. the first time ever, the GPAC has four teams in the top 25 yeah. in the bow chip ratings, yeah. which is we're the only conference in the country that has yeah. that right now. And that's pretty cool to see. The, yeah. the level of baseball has increased. Uh, it'll be interesting if Morningside or Mount Marty gets in. Um, I really I think one of them will, but I, I didn't really look at how some other conferences tournament shook out and some if see if some at large bids got swooped up maybe I, I, yeah i bring up that team you lost to them tw- uh, five four and five four mm-hmm. in a double header towards the end of the year you split with morningside mm-hmm. a team that you just talked about as well you don't do that if your team is given up right and so what a lot you've alluded to it Somewhat, but what allowed your team to bounce back from some tough road trips to Seward? You know, a lot of people, a lot of people had tough road trips to Seward yep. this year. Um, yeah, uh, Doan was everything that they were advertised to be when you played them over there. Yeah, and we played that group really tough. The right. outcome looks a little bit different, but those games were really competitive yeah. over there. But how how do you keep the team in tune and engaged? Mm-hmm to go toe-to-toe with Mount Marty and then get a pair of sweeps with Northwestern at the end of the year. Yeah, so um, 
you know, we had we had kind of a um, a moment as a group where uh, we had you know a week. Um, you know, we're going to Concordia. Um, we played Morningside on Tuesday, or no, we played. It was Dakota Wesleyan on Monday, yeah. and we split with them. We lose a tough one in a walk off there, and then you know we smoke them in game two, and then we played two really tough games at Briarcliff. Mm-hmm. And I just was feeling, I was feeling it right. Like you know, you've you've been at this for a while, and you can just kind of feel when like you got, hey, it's time to do something. We, um, yeah, we just had had a moment as a team, and even though we Concordia, you know, was what it was, yeah. and they're they're you know, Coach Dupick and that group do a great job over there, and uh, the the environment was different there. I. Um, I I brought the group together and, and I used two different um, topics or analogies to to really that we use the rest of the year. And the first one um, is is the story of the uh, carrot, the egg, and the coffee bean. When you put those things in the water, they all do different things. the the water The boiling water changes the carrot. The boiling water changes the egg, but the boiling water gets changed by the coffee bean. And just talking about how, how, how you are, how you go about your business, the way you interact with your teammates is going to filter out and it can either be a positive coffee bean or a negative coffee bean. And so we spent time talking about that and I, we got the group together, uh, called them up before we started playing game one there at Concordia and we were pretty banged up going into that weekend and I knew it and guys knew it. And, um, you know, I, I talked with them about, um, being a palm tree, the palm tree, um, looks at the hurricane and says, "Come on and bring it. You aren't gonna, you aren't gonna tear me out of the ground." The palm tree it can withstand everything, and it's the first line of defense for for everything that stands behind it when the hurricane comes. But the palm tree can also, when the hurricane and the storm's not there, it stands there and it embraces the sunshine and enjoys the moments where it's at just challenge them to be resilient like hey it's gonna be a tough weekend and we're gonna get challenged and and just be resilient because it doesn't define us and I really felt like from that weekend on our group like outcomes are are what they are but our group just handled things a lot better and it took you know just being intentional in our conversations with me to the team and then some things internally that we were doing with with the players good. Your wife hasn't texted yet, has she? No, okay. no text Just, yet. Okay, so now <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about the uh, the seniors and mm-hmm. some of what what they have. Uh, I had the opportunity to visit with. I think three of them took me up on the opportunity to uh, visit, and uh, I'm going to start with uh, Juan Sanchez and uh, watching Juan. Um, his his knowledge. At the catcher's position and defensive, defensively, uh, you had an additional, it felt like almost a defensive coach on the field, mm-hmm. and he caught a lot of games, and he did a lot of really good things for your team in the one year that he was here. Yeah. Juan, you know, I'm very thankful for um, a relationship that I have that allow, you know, kind of brought Juan here. Um, yeah, he was those things, and, and everything you talked about, and um, from my standpoint, you know, running our pitching staff, it was it was awesome to have a guy that is that intentional and in, in that um, engaged in what's taking place for him and I to to talk to, um, to just talk about hitters in between innings. Uh, you know, yeah, I 
I call a 50% of the game and we give the guys freedom to shake and it gets nice when I can just say like know that Juan's in rhythm we're on the same page I'm just gonna let them go um a little bit here and not not get in their way and, sure. and that happened a lot with Nick and Kim especially um you know, they get in rhythms and you just let them go yeah uh Diego talked with him and uh I don't know that I could get uh, two words out of Diego two years ago. And uh, he has, uh, it seems, really grown as a person. Mm -hmm. And uh, he he is leaving after three years here a much different person than when he arrived. Yeah, he is. And uh, I'm just really proud of that guy. Um, him and I have spent a lot of time together um, individually. And, just, uh, and then his teammates surrounding him um, and just... Uh, you know, it's really cool to see him leave here, getting married in October. Um, he had some really good moments for us, a, yep. and I know he's got some moments I wish he could have back. Yeah. Um, but I think the the great thing about Diego is just his his passion that he brings all the time. Like you know where he stands. Yeah. You know, you know when the the emotion um, is there, and and uh, he's just an incredible teammate and. Uh, yeah, yeah, I actually listened to his interview with him last night, or with you last night, and I, I uh, man, I think there's dust or something in the room, but I ended up shooting him a little text last night, and just, yeah. uh, I'll miss having him around. Um, he's just, he's a good guy to be around, and he has grown a lot um, during his time here, and having Juan here for him was really good, um, just because they can, you know, they, they can talk in Spanish yep. together. Yep. And so my my Spanish is, is all right, but not like those two. And so um, it's it, I'm very thankful that the Lord brought him here um, through through a friend of mine and, and just that we were able to see him really grow. Yeah, and then we posted the last one of uh, Youngju. Um, I don't, still don't know if I'm ever going to get the name right, but um, <laughs> did that earlier uh, today, actually, and uh, I, I'm just amazed at the steadiness, just the the calmness that he brings. And I know that there's there's a there's a hurricane like fury in there because yeah. he can't do what he does without that. But just he he was the right he was the right guy at the right time. Would have loved if we, if we could have scored a few more runs for him, but he was yeah. he was tremendous for you the last three years. Yeah, I don't know if I'll listen to that one for, for yeah. a little bit. Um, you know, and Mike, you know the story. He he had pitched for me at my previous school, yeah. um, and we'd stayed in contact while he went home and and uh, served his mandatory military service mm -hmm. for South Korea. And um, as much as it's visible that Diego has grown, um, like. It is really cool to see Kim make his faith and his parents are awesome Christian family. I know his folks and just make it his own and mm. th really thrive here and become a, a great student. And um, yeah, I mean, all the things you said on the mound are, are, yeah. are what they are. Um, I, you know, I, I got the chance to have a moment with Diego when I went and took him out of the, his yep. game. Yep. And, and I think it's probably apparent to everybody how we feel about each other in that moment. Um, didn't do that for Kim because that, that son of a gun was going to finish that one. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know, and, and so I, um, I'm just really thankful that he, he got to come here and grow. And his stuff on the field's incredible. And I don't think he's probably done playing. Um, and I look forward to just – getting to watch a little bit more sure. of that guy instead of, yeah. you know, being battle with him. Um, 
but yeah, he's he's uh, he's he's awesome, and he's, he's awesome to watch compete here for three years. Yeah. Well, I know for me, and this is purely selfish on my part, but I just think to myself, where else could a fifty-three-year-old white Dutch reform guy who grew up on a farm in Sioux County <laughs> come across and become acquaintances with guy from South Korea, somebody from Panama, uh, Corpus Christi. It's pretty cool to see our guys interact because they want to know everything about sure. South Korea. Right. And it's an immediate bonding point, right? Like a guy from Kansas City and a guy from Minneapolis, aren't they aren't going to be like, hey, what's Minneapolis like? Right. Yeah. You know, but like all of a sudden you walk in a room and like you've got a South Korean guy there and you start like, you know, poking around. He pokes around at you a little bit and yeah. just you start to ask each other about cultural things. And it's a, it's it creates opportunities for immediate bonding points. Sure. And, and um, yeah, I mean, there's some differences for sure. I think, you know, but well, just communicating yeah. has to. I mean, yeah, then but we could talk about that all day. That one creates some funny moments, yeah. though. <laughs> <laughs> Great Plains uh, G-Pack Baseball this year. Yeah. Um, I had someone call me towards the end of the year. They said, who are the two best? And I said, well, based on what I've seen, I said, I have to say Concordia and Doan. Mm -hmm. And I said, and they're very different from what I can tell as mm -hmm. well. And that kind of played out in the championship. The What this person was asking, though, was, is the conference as a whole, one through nine, one through ten, how does it stack up in terms of competitiveness? And we we talk about it that you've got four teams in the bow chip ratings, uh, top twenty-five out of the league, only conference in the in the country with that. But so I think I know the answer. But you've got to be good to mm -hmm. compete in this league. I mean, it, this year's team. Four years ago, probably makes the tournament, mm -hmm. but it, 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 the the level of play continues to rise, and you've got to keep up. Yeah, I I'll, I'll even give a little bit more insight. You know, I finished at Avila in, in ten, eleven, and twelve. Like mm -hmm. it was a fight at the bat rack for us when G Pack teams would come down down and play us. Sure, and, and talking with some of the other coaches that have been in the league a long time, it, it's changed drastically. And and the, the level of competition, even in my time here, the last three years has gotten gotten way better. Um, and, and just, it's really cool. It's really cool to see, um, you know, that improve. And yeah, it, it forces us to, to go out and just be relentless and pursuing the right guys. And, and that's, you know, fortunate. I got some really good guys that, that you know, work with every day that want to do that um i i really you know yeah i would agree with you that doan and concordia are, are the top two in the league and um they're going to um uh, represent the g-pack really well i feel like at mm -hmm. regional play you know concordia is one year removed off of being out world series and uh you know, so it's gotten better. It's only going to continue to get better with the dynamics of college athletics and 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 in the baseball world. You're, I get more emails every year from kids all around the world there trying to come here to play. And it's not just the uh, prototypical countries that you would think okay. of. You know, like for us this year, Australia. right? Yeah, Logan yeah. Harris, kid from Sydney, that that's just incredible for us. Um, you know, and battled injury all year that nobody knows about, and just. But, you know, we're getting from all over the world. And, um, you know, it's 
it, it it's growing. It's growing internationally. It has been. And, and I think as Major League Baseball has shifted to smaller minor league systems and less guys, mm-hmm. you're seeing more guys filter into the U.S. to do the JUCO thing to try to yeah. get picked up. And that, you know, it just creates a, a seismic shift. And then all the eligibility stuff, that's – we could spend hours yeah. on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, true. Um, I will let you go. And we made it through, and there was no text that drew you away. So <laughs> yep. hope everything goes smoothly in the coming days, and yep. uh, we will catch up with you uh, as the summer goes along, Nathan. Sounds good, Mike.